Welcome, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hawk Talk. I am your host, Colin Cole, and I'm bringing to you another great episode today. Uh, I'm joined by my resident guest host, Mr. David Porter, who is who spent his time as a Hawkeye's three-year starter at right tackle, also a two-time All-Big Ten selection at right tackle, who currently lives up there in the great state of Chicago, the Windy City, and uh, doing his tremendous thing out there. And of course, so happy to be able to have him on the show today. David, thank you for joining me today. Dude, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. You know it. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. And so also we have a special guest, uh, a gentleman, a gentleman who um, many of us Hawk fans, true Hawk fans can remember and know that Mm. uh, has set himself apart and has set himself as the number one rusher of all time in Hawkeye history. Uh, Mr. Cedric Shaw is a gentleman who laid his foundation at the University of Iowa, set a bar at the position of running back uh, that truly, truly has has not been reached again since. Uh, he is he's a gentleman who, uh, as a, I believe, was a three-year, 1,000-yard rusher. I don't know that we've had one of those since, but uh, I've got to go ahead and tell you, man, I'm a fan of yours, and I appreciate you coming on the show, everybody. Welcome to the show, Mr. Cedric Shaw. Welcome, sir. Thank you guys for having me, man. This is a pre- privilege and an honor, and it's just great to be on this with fellow Hawks and guys who I've actually watched play. Whether you guys know it or not, I got to see both of you guys' career while y'all were at Iowa. So this is a pleasure and an honor for me as well. That's awesome. You know, it's, it's one phenomenal. big brotherhood. There's definitely one big brotherhood. And just like you uh, share in that experience that we had while we were playing there, uh, we continue to share in the experience of these Hawkeyes as we go forward. And we all have our own opinions, but our opinions are what matter for the Hawk fans out there because we have a different eye for the game than most do. So yeah. let's jump right into this game, man. We we <laughs> we 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 played the Hawkeyes played host to Mountain West Conference foe. The Nevada Wolfpack was the first ever meeting between those two programs. And oh my goodness, uh, I had to wait till the following day to find out the result because I couldn't stay away through the seven hours worth of rain delays. But uh, but we had a 27 to zero dub uh, against those uh, against those Wolf Pack. And uh, it was a tremendous win, fellas. Let's jump right into this, man. First and foremost, first and foremost, the biggest thing that popped out to me was the run game. Uh, we saw a young man enter the game by the name of Caleb Johnson, true freshman, out of hold on, you know, let me let me, let me make sure I got the right information on my man Caleb Johnson, true freshman out of uh, six foot two, two hundred twelve pounds, out of Hamilton, Ohio. That young man was doing some things out there the other day. Cedric, you being the resident running back on the on the show today, tell me what you saw out of that young man, and tell me what you saw out of that running game that was so that that uh, turned the corner from what we've seen in the, in the previous two weeks. You know what. Mr. Johnson went into the game and he played very well to be so young, to be very honest with you. I was impressed with him. Uh, what I would say that I liked most about him was in and every time he he was in contact situations, he had his pad level and he was falling forward. Um, you know, he know when he knew when to make the right moves, but most importantly, he was hitting the hole and getting downhill and he was trying and working at turning everything into a foot race. More or less, basically, he was telling you, come catch me if you can. He got in the game. He made some – he had two real big explosive runs. That goes without saying. He had two long touchdown runs, I believe, a 40-yard run, the first score, and then he had a 55-yard run later in the game. Um, 
But like I said, I like the way he gets downhill. Once he gets through the hole, he's he's working on getting downhill. It looks like he's trying to score every time he touches the ball. And that's a good thing. You know, he even if it's only a, a short run, I like the attitude. I like the way he's doing it. Um, he's looking to get downhill. He's not – he's making moves when necessary. He's not what you like to say, dancing in the hole. He's he's mm-hmm. getting in the hole and he's getting through the hole, which means when you're doing that, you're getting up on the linebackers or you're getting into what we like to call the second and third level, which is your linebackers and your DBs. And then when he's getting in open field with them, he's big enough where he can run over you, he can or he can run around you. So I like the toughness that he showed. And even in the, the shorter games or maybe no games, if you notice, he was always falling forward. He wasn't falling backwards. And those are those to me are good signs of a real good running back. So Caleb had 14 carries for 116 yards total uh, with two touchdowns, as you mentioned. Um, definitely a spark off that uh, off the bench uh, with Gavin Williams getting started running back. It was it was tremendous to see that uh, we were able to run the ball by committee. It was tremendous to see both of those young men. Anybody who came in the backfield had an opportunity. David, what do we see differently from that offensive line um, that we hadn't seen in the previous two weeks? What you're seeing differently right now is that, well, that this past weekend, what we saw differently was that the offensive line actually fired off on the run game, right? They got to their angles and they actually started to hang in. While we were talking about them being sticky and sticking together and double teaming out of the hole and literally driving the guy out there. That takes a lot of patience, right? Because once you engage, you have to drive, 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 sustain, sustain, sustain. And at the last minute, come off. They have been leaving their partner behind for, uh, I would say, for the last year or so, just too quickly. It takes patience to do that stuff. And that takes time for them to understand that. So the offensive line uh, did a lot better firing off on the, you know, on the run plays. They're still on the backside. They're not cutting off as much as we, I would like to see, especially with like the zone scheme. Uh, and some of the times pressing the hole up front, it naturally cuts back when you're able to cut it off. That, like back when we were, uh, we were playing, opening up the backside gave us those big explosive runs. That really helped out. I mean, I know we had our two. Uh, those were both front side. The running game's going well. The, but seeing that once we get into Big Ten play is really going to start to pay dividends for us, right? Being able to sustain and push to the backside. Um, but, yeah, the running game looked really good. That offensive line looked like they were getting off. They got their hands inside. I liked seeing that. Um, still a few things that technique-wise they got to fix. Um, pass protection, though. They look decent. The one thing that really got to me, and we talked about this, that false start, the first play <laughs> on offense. I'm just sitting here like, you know, you watch film all week, and we talk about this. <laughs> you know they're going to stem. Like, get out of here. They, they're going to move. We know they're going to do this. Yeah. Like, I bet you the coaches even told them, like, hey, probably even had the scout team show it to them. Probably. First play. Probably so. Flag. First play. Flag. Here we go. Yeah. So it, just, just things like that to just kind of, as a former offensive lineman, just kind of really got to me. But the defense, I, I'm sorry I'm switching over to defense a little bit, but I want to say something. I really like the way they did What I really like what they did and the way they did it. All right? Goose egg, goose egg, goose egg, goose egg. First time all year. 
First time all year. Like you mentioned, the shutout. This team pitched a shutout, which is tremendous. I mean, this defense has only allowed, what, a total of 10 points throughout throughout the first three games? Five through, yeah. Um, yep. so it's, uh, it, we, we have to have, we have to tip our hats. Wait a minute. We had 10 against, uh, Iowa State and then what did, what did, uh, did, did the first game? Three. They got three. Okay. So 13. Three, uh, goal. Stand corrected. Stand corrected. 13 total points so far this season. Uh, but you know what that does though? That actually lands them as the number one scoring defense in the, in the conference. That in and of itself, mm-hmm. allowing only 4.3, uh, yard average a game uh total of 13 points yet this season um the next closest is minnesota with 17 uh so i mean the bar set in terms of uh on the offensive side and what uh what what the hawkeyes are capable of doing it's been pretty i mean we we gotta say it was pretty tremendous we also gotta say we we needed and it was awesome to get a couple of playmakers back in nico regani and um our no, Arlen Bruce has been playing, but Nico jumped back in there. And uh, who else we get? We got uh, – who else we get back in this past game? I can't recall. But uh, two key players, two scholarship receivers that, uh, that that came back and were key contributors in the game. Uh, Nico had five targets with two receptions, uh, 56 total yards. Arlen Bruce, man, with the, uh, with the touchdown on the deep shot on the, uh, on the wheel route, man. That was pretty – Oh, tremendous. that wheel route. That was pretty yeah, that was nice. That was pretty tremendous. That was really nice. And, you know, we, we actually had a couple of uh, open receivers, man. We got some receivers get behind that secondary. So I'm optimistic as to how this passing game will continue to grow moving forward. Um, and the other thing I want to say is we saw the ball get spread around and we saw different guys make plays. Um, Cedric, let me ask you this. From the growth that you've seen, out of, I know you've been watching these guys for the last couple of years. What the growth that you've seen out of Spencer Petrus, man? What do you think? What do you think about him moving forward uh, for the rest of going into Big Ten play? I don't want to say for the rest of the year, but going into the Big Big Ten play, going into uh, obviously the more tumultuous waters, and, and compare and and what we saw from him against Nevada. Uh, how do you feel moving forward in the quarterback situation? What I've seen going forward. Uh, based off of this game against Nevada, I think he made I think he made big steps, leaps and bounds from the previous two games. Um, and I think that's to be commended. However, like always, you have to go back to the drum board. You have to, to me personally, you look at what it is you can do better, like where you may have had some mishaps. And then I like to finish off on a good note. Then you look at what it is that you did well, and then you go from there. Um, one of the biggest things I think we all three can agree upon, when you get into the Big Ten season, we all know it's totally different from the first three preseason games. Um, you have to, in my opinion, you have to be mentally dialed in, first and foremost. You got to be mentally dialed in about what the, the job at hand is, the task, uh, who the assignment is, meaning whatever team it is that we're facing that week. And you have to pretty much kind of know the ins and outs. And one of the biggest things that quarterback, your quarterback, is your leader. So you got to be cool, calm, and collect. You got to be in the game at all times, mentally. And I think what I saw in this past game, I seen him make some throws that he hadn't previously made in the past two games. I seen him make some decisions that he hadn't made. And then some that he did make, I seen him make them a lot quicker and getting making the reads and getting the ball out of his hand and getting it to the receiver. I even seen some plays where he 
you know, even if it looked like the receiver was even or the receiver was covered, he trusted his player to make a play, and he gave him my opportunity. So those are things that I saw that I didn't necessarily really see the first couple of weeks. It was kind of like he was holding the ball a little too long and he was patting it, whereas this time he's making the reads and he's trusting what he's seeing and he's getting the ball out of his hand. Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely saw more decisiveness uh, in this past game. It uh, looked like a lot more comfort in what the game plan was. It looked like he had a, a, a better grasp of what, what needed to be done. And, you know, it's all about growth. You know, I think that... I think we all take for granted sometimes how difficult it is to play that position at the collegiate level. And, you know, for a guy who has, who is now in his third year of starting, you know, the pressure's on, you know, he's obviously a senior. He wants to do everything he can um, to have a great, tremendous senior season. You know, obviously things have not gone completely the way that he has envisioned or the way that Hawkeye nation has envisioned thus far. But uh, this past game against the Nevada Wolfpack definitely lends an eye to what this, what the potential of what this season can be, can go down with. I mean, we we still have the entire Big Ten season. The opportunity to win the Big Ten West is still still out there. So, Dave, I got to shoot it to you real quick before we jump yeah, on man. the defensive side of the ball, man. What did you see yeah, could... in the, in that game? Man? What did you see in that game <laughs> on the offensive side? Yeah. <laughs> He's starting to get some confidence. He's starting to get some moxie. 
I think they happened because he got mad. Hey, Good everybody point. was all Good over point. this man. Good everybody point. got all over him. Good right, point. and at a certain point, people were like, <laughs> "How bad could it get? Mm-hmm. We were not. We were dead last. Dead last. Yeah. Literally, what do we have to lose? Go for it. True. Be the guy. Very true. Yeah. And go to work. It, if you don't mind, I'd like to add, because you brought up some very valid points that I, I, I didn't think to bring up, but going back and looking at the game, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, and he's a rather tall quarterback. He's about 6'3", 6'4". Mm-hmm. So, in them putting him in shotgun in those situations, they took advantage of his height for him being able to see. One. Uh, it's a Patriot. Two. Yeah, two uh, if you think about it, um, not to say he, he, not to saying he he has poor mechanics, but let's just say he's more of a typical proto prototype quarterback pocket passer. What you've done in his ability, what you've done in his favor, is you limit him from having to take five and seven step drops. Yeah. Now with him yeah. in his shotgun, all he has to do is maybe take two to three steps, and he can get the ball out of his hand. And everybody on on this interview line right now knows that. Football, whether people know it or not, is 90% mental. It's 90% your confidence. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, they put him in a position where he can think and feel like a winner. And then when he started getting those little bitty, little bitty victories, it started building up his confidence and he got more and more. Because like David said, that one throw that he's talking about, that that was a hell of a – just attempted said, okay, I believe, I think I can, which is great for him. I would say the first two weeks, I would say um, those first two weeks was definitely a situation where uh, we saw them in their in their prototypical type of offense where uh, they would run play actions and he would have to turn his back completely to the defense. And a lot of times they were getting he was getting blitzed, he was getting rushed and uh, he was unable to, to escape that pressure. But definitely put him in a shotgun, puts him in a position where he could see things, he could see the pressure, he could see the line, he could see the blitz, he could see the rotation. You, you guys know that when you obviously have to run a play pass, you got to turn your back to the defense. You don't know where things are. That pressure could be mm-hmm. right on you within seconds, and you got to make a split decision. Those first two weeks, he was uh, he was put in those positions. You know, and I don't know if fully, um, you know, again, we run a prototypical um, pro type of offense and with that comes a lot of the stuff that we've seen right we can run our zone schemes we can you know do everything that needs to be done off of that but it does leave you susceptible to you know if you got if you got if you play a team that has a unique type of defense a unique type of look you know not your traditional four three or traditional three four it it definitely uh creates problems in terms of how you block things up but you know the offensive line did a tremendous job uh, particularly while Spencer was in the in the, in the shotgun, and man, mm-hmm. we got we got to see his true talent. And this is what the Hawkeye offense should have been looking like, or this is what we as Hawk fans has expected this Hawk, Hawkeye offense to look like uh, all season, even going into into last season. So it's good to see that there's yeah. been some production. It's good Thank to see this group is doing a better job. So we will look to see how they continue going forward. But uh, let's switch over to the defense side. Left guard in a two point stance. <laughs> to him, hey, dude, I'm sorry. You, you, you. We already know what it is. I, I see you in your stands. Come on, man. You gotta be I'm the one to go. You the line. Put him in a two point. It's already. It's a. It's a passing situation. We know what it is. Let's go. Okay, yeah. Whatever. 
There you have it. So let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball. Um, the defense again, fellas, has shut has pitched another shutout. Um, it was, you know what, man? I think that to see some of these guys really just adapt to what this defense calls upon them, and it's been game in, game out. It's been a tremendous effort throughout the season so far. Um, especially to to uh, to shut out a Wolfpack team that put up, I want to say, 55 points uh, the week prior. Uh, so this was a high-scoring, potent offense, uh, not just passing the ball with Illingworth, but uh, Tua Tawa, who has been a tremendous uh, player for them, rushing for over 100 yards last week, was was held to 31 yards. So it's this defense has 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 held up to its Fitting his build, it actually continues to. It still ranks this defense still ranks number one in the Big Ten scoring wise, and uh, it's still one of the top defenses. Now I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna, I want to hear what you got to say, Mr. Shaw. Nobody knows a lot of people. I don't say nobody. A lot of people don't know your defensive uh, background. So let me let me hear from your side, your point of view, what you've seen from this defense um, from on all levels. I mean, from the front to the secondary to the guys in the, in, at the linebacker level. Led by our, our defensive starter, uh, middle linebacker Jack Campbell. What's what's been your take on this defense uh, thus far this season, and especially as we looked at this uh, this past game against Nevada? You know what? To be very frank and to be very honest, I you know what this defense is a lot more attack style than I thought they would be. I was thinking they were going to be more of a read and react, but they have enough players in certain positions on the front on the D line you know, your, your position to actually do some attacking where they can, they, they're actually, they're playing in the offensive backfield. They're getting in there and being disruptors. They're, they're not playing, you know, they're being more of a one gap style of a defense. They're not being two gap where they're rea- reading and reacting. They're actually reacting, causing the, the offense to have to, to react as opposed to take action. And I like that from the defensive line standpoint. And the young kid that they had what, with the side 17 shoot, the kid, he's been he's been consistent the first three weeks. Yeah. Talking about Nate you know? Ness. No, not yeah, Nate. he that's not uh, I can't no no no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm not I can't think I'm of his tripping. name. But Van Ness. Bad Van Ness. Van Ness. Van Ness. Look at Van Ness. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. yeah, Baby Huey. Yeah. Yes. We're gonna call him yes. Baby Huey. I like Baby yeah, Huey he, a lot. Yeah, yeah, he's still growing. Uh-huh. He, yes, he is. He he's got one more growth spurt in him, I hope. And the thing about it is what I like is that they're attacking. One thing I always say about the defense over the last past 10 to 12 years in Iowa is that they're always really fundamentally sound. They don't make a lot of mental mistakes. For you Hmm. to capitalize on them, you either have to just be physically superior with athletic ability on the field, or you just have to execute because they don't typically make a lot of mental mistakes. So those things I commend them on. Uh, the guys, to me, they're a real cohesive unit. They they play well off of one another. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, they to me it's always seems like they're mentally into the game from a defensive standpoint, and they, for the most part, they're always in the right place at the right time in the right position. It's it's mm-hmm. not a lot of I'm just making a play based off of my athletic ability. It's it's fundamentals along with the athletic ability. Mm-hmm. And 
I have an admiration for that because, hey, that's that's why I started out playing football was on the defensive side. But I joined my brother. Welcome Dave to the Florida dark side. On the office. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. But, but, hey, I'm, listen. I'm glad you got right. Kid, Perfect. Thank okay. you. But as but as a kid, I tell anybody, <laughs> my, my room was, was believe it or not, even though I played job. defense. No, no. But even though I played defense, even young growing up, my wall growing up was full of posters of nothing but offensive players like Eric Dickinson, Walter Payton. So I had nothing but offensive players on my wall. So I guess it was it was meant to be. It worked out how it was supposed to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it didn't work out. Hey, it hey, listen, it's hard to say that it didn't work <laughs> out because you still hold the record for all time leading Russia in, at Iowa's history. So Ooh. I will give you that credit. But the. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I had some offensive players up in my wall in my room too. I mean, I had Jerry Rice. You know, wow, you know, hey, but, that's a good that one. I mean, you should have, you should have been a center. You yeah. should have been a center. It would have been great if they mm-hmm. were handing me the ball. If they were looking for a <laughs> Natron Means or a Jerome Bettis, there you go. Backfield, hey, and I would, I would be on the offensive side. Ain't no, ain't no locking up, blocking. I want to. I want to be. Anyway, we're gonna keep on with no, this. I believe in you. Hey, side. quick question for you, Lucas. Van, who does Van Ness remind you of, Mister D Line? Who does he remind me of? Yeah. Uh, right now, body type wise, he reminds me of Matt Roth a little bit. Body type wise, that's about. That's about that for you. Really? You got some? Ask Sadat. Sadat. He's not as tall as Sadat. Talking about Ed. Yeah, no, he, he's not as tall as Ed say that no, right now. Maybe eventually. No, I think he's gonna grow into it. Yeah, he might. He kinda... we'll, see. we'll see. We'll see. Whatever. Raw. Yeah, maybe. That's what I got. That's what I, hey man, I, I gotta go with. Uh, That's a good comparison. Because again, he got the dude had one and a half sacks and two and a half TFLs, so he's definitely making some plays, uh, like like your boy yes. Roth used to do back in the day. So that was my immediate um, comparison, mm. my immediate comparison. Mm. But uh, again, held to a shutout. Um, we had the pick by Cooper DeGene. That young man is—he uh, had an opportunity. He got—he you know, about got his hands on the ball again earlier in the game on that sideline. And uh, as mm-hmm. a freshman, that young man is showing us some potential. And so, with him and everybody else we got in that secondary, Dave, with the turnovers that we creating, what do you? I mean, man, what do, what do, what do you feel this defense is capable of uh, going forward? I mean, we saw what they did pitching the shutout. Only allowing thirteen points to thus far this season. What is this defense capable of? This defense is capable of scoring points, like more points. Like Cooper DeGene, he that that one time he got his hand on the ball, he undercut that out, right? Going on the left side, that that six points. The the defense has that ability right now. We can, I I'm, I want to start to put expectations on them to score touchdowns. Like they have that kind of ability to where they're ball hawks. That defensive line starting to come together. We know we got the All-American Jack Campbell in the middle there, right? We can start to put some expectations. Hey, guys, y'all, you get your hand on the ball. Let's go. Like, get interceptions for these guys. They're better than they were last year. The numbers are showing it. They really are. I think we can start to say, hey, we can expect some points from our defense. That that's a great thing. I think we're almost there. No, the thing yeah. of it is, the challenge yourself. You guys, you guys are making a lot of great points. And the thing of it is, just I think the defense 
at this point in time, they are further along. And I think I think Dave is actually right, man. They need to challenge themselves. You're playing well. You're playing consistent. So now what is what are the things that we can do now to take ourselves to the next level? And like he said, the next level is continue to create turnovers. But once you create these turnovers, turn them into points, you yeah. know, and, and that that will that will make a major difference in some games. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 you never know when you might need it, so you might as well take advantage. Get in the mindset of doing it now, you know. In, in practice, mm-hmm. if you get when you get a pick, don't just stop and celebrate, man. Run it to the end zone. So when you get in the game, your mind is already on doing that when you actually get into the game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this it's it's the little things. It it we all know from being there. It it is the little things. Yeah, man, these guys are special. It really is. Defensively and special teams have been the cornerstones of this team thus far this season. Um, oddly enough, oddly enough, our, our, our Ozzy Bomber did not uh, have the longest punt of the game. It's crazy to think that uh, Nevada's punter actually had a, he had a 70-yard punt in the game. So wow. that, was, that, was, that was something, right? But regardless, mm-hmm. Hawkeye special teams is, is – and has been a cornerstone of this team uh, and pinning the Nevada Wolfpack defense uh, offense uh, back deep a number of times, creating that long field for that team, really made it a long night for them, really. So, you know, we know what the uh, the Ozzy Bomber um, has done, Mr. Taylor has done throughout the season. Uh, all three facets are important to us. Where do we need to pick it up? What are we, what are we lacking right now, um, special teams-wise, to uh, to take us to that next level because we still have aspirations of winning the Big Ten West. That's still out. That's still out there for this team and getting back to the Big Ten dance. So what uh, in the special teams and if there's anything else that you guys could think of that might be an area that uh, concern that needs to be worked on. What do you guys think in that regard? I would say you know as for special teams, uh, continue to practice them, continue to work on it, continue to improve. Um. You know, they they are doing some things really, really good. However, that you can always get better. You, you can always better your best. Uh, you know, when you're out there, guys, make that extra block. Uh, you know, make that extra run. Hey, you know, if you got a chance to block the punt, block the punt. You got a chance to run it back on the kickoff, kickoff return, run it back. If you got a chance to return the punt, return the punt. Don't Don't take those little small things for granted and don't let it slip past you, you know. If you got a chance to, to make a big play on kickoff, man, make that big play because that's going to carry over to everywhere else. And I don't think sometimes guys who play special teams realize just how important it is. Uh, personally, for me, the very first time I ever touched the ball in the Kinnick Stadium, some people may know, some may not know, it was special teams. It was kickoff return. So those are the things you you, you have to do them. Um, so don't take for what you're doing lightly and, and, and you know, do it to the best of your ability. Um, they had some big plays. In my personal opinion, I saw some plays on special teams, especially in punt return, that were really good. Personally, I would have liked to seen them been bigger because in, in looking at it, I thought, they, I thought they left a little bit out there on the field. You know, there were some really big returns that I thought could have been even bigger, if not possibly scores. And that's not to be critical. That's just to be looking at what I saw when you're looking at the totality of the play and when you looked at where people were positioned on the field. To me, I, I think you left a little food out there on the table. Hmm. 
There it is. I, I agree with you on that one. You know, we're, we're we're still trying to settle in on who's going to be our returner, right? That we're still trying to figure that out. And we had Charlie Jones. We knew what that was. This year we came in. We didn't quite know what that was going to be like. And, and we've been kind of playing a carousel back there. Um, you know, we we had uh, our starting DV back there, our All Americans starting defensive back back there, right? Riley Moss. We, we've had. Riley Moss is back there. Uh, we had Arlen Bruce back there. Now we have Caleb Johnson back there as well. Caleb is, uh, you know, it'll, hopefully he gets more chances actually playing in the traditional offense that they take him off of that. But, you know, we're, we're still figuring that out. But it, for these guys, they've been, I think, rock solid. They need to continue to be rock solid for us as they're starting, still figuring things out, right? And really – push themselves to get better, right? There's, there's room there. And if we can all challenge ourselves and let's say we, as they, if they can all challenge themselves to, you know, do those little things, like, like Sarah was saying, the little things that make a difference and come in there with that attitude, all right? Be that guy, be the guy that makes that block, be that guy that takes the ball back a hundred yards for t- or 99 yards for touchdown. Be that guy. There you go. All right. That that shift in how you think is, is a great thing. Sustaining is great, but push to get better. Let them see. Let us see that week in, week out. You know, I think we're going to be uh, pretty happy with how this whole thing ends up. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. That's a, that's a good take. I think it's definitely. I mean, there's still room and uh, a lot of room for improvement. Uh, this team has. A lot of things going for him. Still a very young team in a lot of positions, uh, particularly up front. Uh, we did. I, I know that um, early on in the, in the game, the guys up front on the offensive side definitely looked like they had some rhythm as things got late in the game, especially after the rain delays. It, it began to break down a little bit on them. But this group is continuing to grow, which is going to continue to help everybody else in the skill positions. So I'm excited to see where this team goes and how, especially how the guys up front grow, because as they grow, this whole this whole entire team will grow, and I'm excited to see how they are, they're able to end up this finish out the season. Now, before we take off, Mr. Shaw, let me get a favorite moment as a Hawkeye at Kinnick Stadium. <laughs> favorite moment in Kinnick Stadium as a Hawkeye. That is a great question, man. I have a lot of fun memories in Kinnick. I think probably my fondest moment was my actual senior year and the last time we played in Kennedy. So in 1996, senior day, that was probably my fondest. That was probably my fondest moment because at that moment I realized that I would I would never play in that stadium again. And I had been there for like four or five years. And it's like it was really like, damn, it's like this is really this is really it. Mm-hmm. I, I would probably say that would probably be my fondest moment uh, as a Hawkeye, you know, on top of them all. There's a lot. I'm pretty sure people probably would be surprised that I would pick that. They would think it's something else. But, nah, just walking out. You guys experienced it, walking out, being a senior, and knowing this is your last time playing at this place where you consider it to be home. Yeah. So that would be my fondest. That would be my fondest moment as a Hawkeye, considering all of the ones that I've had the opportunity to share with my yeah. teammates. That's awesome. That's awesome. I remember that last game there as well. 
That's a, I know David. I know you remember that last game that because you actually had it twice. Yeah, that, yeah, wow. that, that last I, I can only have one last game. I can only have one last game. You one. had two <laughs> I'm tossing that out there. I'm, I'm just going to toss that out there to you. I'm just like, what do you want me to do here? Okay. Go so you're going you to act like I'm not talking about No, I'm sorry. I was just listening like, to you. I'm, no, what do you want me to hear? <laughs> you don't act like you didn't come out in 2001. You act like you didn't go out with the seniors in 2001 and then come out with us again in 2002. You don't act like that didn't happen. That's what I got to make sure I make that reference yeah, to everybody watching. But yeah, he walked out 2001 as a senior, then walked out 2002 as a senior. You know what? We're going to leave it at that. Thank you guys for joining us. This is Colin Cole. I really appreciate y'all joining us for Hawk Talk. For, for, for David Porter and for our guest hosts uh, on the show today, Hawkeye all-time leading rusher, Mr. Cedric Shaw. For We really appreciate you gracing, our, gracing us with your presence today. Your insight was thank you, brother. This and I will be awesome to have you back on the show at some point during the season. Thank you, sir. Anytime, guys. It's my pleasure, man. I truly enjoyed it. Absolutely. Thank you, guys, again for tuning in. We appreciate you all. Uh, God bless and go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.